Welcome to the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. Got my co-host here, Coach Manch from Kimberly High School, Fox Valley Throws. Dino, what's going on? Uh, just super excited today for our guest. He's another high school strength conditioning coach, and he's got a West Side background and uh, doing a lot of great things in that New Jersey area. And it's always good. We got a lot of athletes on the podcast, but it's great to have coaches as well because a lot of our listeners out there are strength and conditioning coaches, whether they're in a private sector like yourself, Brian, or they're in some kind of a school setting. So we're real super excited for Mark today. Well, I think, you know, one of the things for me has been really exciting as we go down, um, you know, how our training philosophy works with the conjugate method and some different things that, that we've been able to do over the last year, year and a half. Um, you know, I've been able to meet some really good people that share the same philosophy, same methodology that we share at Sports Advantage and and across the country and been very fortunate um, through Instagram and social media uh, to meet Mark Deppen. He's a strength and conditioning coach at a high school, Donovan Catholic in New Jersey. And Coach Deppen is, is a pioneer and a leader um, as far as utilizing the conjugate method and what he does with high school athletes. And he's become not only a, a friend through social media, but also a mentor. Um, you know, we share a lot of the same ideologies, both in strength and conditioning, and I think rock and roll music every now and then. Um, <laughs> so we're going to bring, we're going to bring coach Depp on and, uh, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, coaching history, and kind of how you got started over there at Donovan Catholic. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, uh, for this opportunity to share, uh, information with uh, minds who think alike. So that's pretty awesome because as we all know, it's kind of tough to find in this field because uh, some people are just all over the place, but I think we all share a common philosophy and goal and that's conjugate training. So my background is um, I'm originally from uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Um, football lifting was my passion when I was a young, uh, when I was a young man, at a young age. And what was funny about back in Delaware, when I uh, thought about, in my high school career about going off to college and playing football. Um, I thought about how I needed to get bigger, stronger, faster, like we all do when we're at a young age. And I was very fortunate enough back in my, and back in my hometown, back in my day to kind of, um, to kind of get acquainted with some guys that were already um, power lifters. One guy was in the NFL, uh, some big, strong Masons, and um, I was sold on what being strong really was. Uh, so I was really exposed to this at, at kind of like a at kind of like a, a young age, which was pretty awesome. Um, and it'll act. This will also tie into more so who I am today, and more so about how I thought about Louis Simmons, um, which later on, and I know we're going to get into. So. Um, you know, so I, I, I lived with these guys. All they wanted was a commitment from me. Um, hey, young buck, you know, make sure you show up at this time and uh, you can train with us. And I was like <laughs> blown away. Um, Tony Zuccarotti, which was the first guy to bench five and squat seven at 198. I mean, I knew about these guys when I was 15, 16 years old, which is crazy. So um, NFL guys, I mean, and everyone's common goal was to get strong. It wasn't no gimmicks. We were in the YMCA in the inner city where I was from. And I mean, you know, rusty weights and, you know, it looked like West Side. So when I first went to West Side, I was like, damn, this is like the old YMCA I used to go to. <laughs> I mean, barbells, dumbbells all over the place. Um, but again, the common goal was was just to get strong and, uh, and, and have a whole different mindset than everybody else in there. And um, so... That was awesome for me. Um, my grades weren't so well, so I went to JUCO level out of high school and had a successful career in uh, JUCO. I went to Montgomery Junior College Division One in Montgomery, in Montgomery uh, Maryland, if you're aware of the Mason-Dixon yep. League of JUCO back then. Um, whole different world that I was introduced into because, um, as we all know, back then everyone was D1, but they were Prop 48, <laughs> right? Um, which was the big thing back then. So uh, I excelled in uh, a JUCO level and won myself a scholarship to Westchester University in Pennsylvania, where um, I had a stellar career and um, was dealt some tragedies there. I lost my father and a sister um, my senior year. So um, had some setbacks and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, basically, um, basically 
um, which led me to probably be the person I am today and the, and the worker and the, how passionate I'm about what we all talk about that strength, the strength world and the conjugate world. Um, so it's pretty, um, I've had a pretty interesting journey that then led me on to uh, a couple of things in the arena football league I tried for, and, you know, always trying to live that dream out of college and, um, you know, getting involved in playing like semi-pro football, working labor and jobs. Um, Cause you're hoping that I had an agent. I was hoping that, you know, God bless him. He died in 9-11 actually. Um, but hope, you know, uh, hoping that you could, you know, but, I mean, I'm 5'11", 250, 260 pounds. I mean, the reality was I wasn't going anywhere. And uh, if you know Mouse Davis, the, uh, the coach, I, yep. uh, you know, um, he, he was uh, going to be the coach of when they brought this Canadian Football League into uh, America at one point. They were trying to, and they had a Baltimore team. I went there for like an open tryout and uh, this and that. And I kind of got upset that it was like a two hour workout. And I was like, can we put the pads on, do whatever, it'd be a different story. And he just looked at me and said, you have a degree? And I said, yeah. And um, he said, do you have a, a girlfriend or a wife? I said, I have a girlfriend. He said, you should go get married, get yourself a job and get out of this field. <laughs> and I said, thank you. And, um, and I said, that I guess that's what I need someone to tell me to give me a wake up call. Like I'm, I'm wasting my time. So, uh, I ended up uh, going to Glen Mills in Pennsylvania, which um, I know we traveled to Wisconsin against um, Gary Frank's team at one point for the nationals, for the big national uh, yep. championship in powerlifting. Um, so uh, I started there at Glen Mills, which Glen Mills was at that time a, a powerhouse in football um, and of just about every sport because they, uh, they were men who were uh, in lockup. They were court adjourned and had to had to go there. So uh, from all walks of life, uh, Bloods, Crips, um, Vice Lords, Miami, uh, Detroit. I mean, every every state was there. Um, so it was an eye opening experience for me. Um, but where it all began was I stepped down into the weight room there at Glen Mills, and they had about fifty five kids on the powerlifting team with about fifteen coaches. And um, I went, wow. And I saw some kids really throwing some weight around, uh, benching, squatting, deadlifting, doing, doing some tremendous things that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and, and every day I would ask the coach, like, if I could hang out down there and, and work. You, I was a guidance counselor and a, and a teacher at the school at the time. You couldn't be a coach unless you put your time in and showed you were a valuable asset to the school and you were able to handle yourself around kids. Um, luckily, the guy who was um, my boss at the time was the head powerlifting coach. And uh, he, we got to, he got to see me firsthand working with the kids and everything. And um, some guy happened to quit and he offered me the job which I was only there like a year and a half. Uh, they usually wait about five years before they hire you for a coaching job. Um, and I embraced it. And um, that's where this journey began um, for me was uh, at Glen Mills. And um, I was very much uh, appreciative of the, of, the, of the position of the job. And, um, you know, that's kind of my... My background was actually criminal justice sociology. I never knew. I was hoping to be a DA agent, break down doors, you know, jump in, get drug dealers. And then <laughs> someone informed me that, hey, you got to be a, like a cop first and work your way up. I'm like, nah, I just want to be the guy who like breaks in the door with the battling <laughs> ram and arrest people. <laughs> and, um, you know, I said, nah, that's a little discouraging. I didn't know I had to go through this whole, you know, this whole rank to try to get in that position. So um, I was going to be a, I was going to be a juvenile probation officer and all that kind of stuff. So that was like kind of my dream. Um, so long story short is I never thought I'd be where I was today right. back then. And to that Glenn Mills and kind of like when we talk about Louie kind of changed my life into being who I am today, which is why it's a pretty remarkable journey that I, that I went on um, because I, I really didn't think I'd be where, where I'm at today by any means. And even my friends or people back home or whatever, was like, damn, dude, how'd you end up doing that? Like, weren't you going to be like a cop or go do this and that? And I just said, uh, I just got and fell in love with this job and helping, uh, 
you know, really for me, it was helping troubled kids that came from kind of, um, and, uh, you know, uh, a mixed rural area, uh, inner city area that I was from. And it was really just helping the, helping those kids. So uh, that's kind of where my career began um, in this field was at Glen Mills in Pennsylvania, which a lot of people are very familiar with uh, that I meet on Instagram and stuff. And um, that's where it kind of began. Hey, Coach, we were just at Westside, you know, not too long ago, Brian, and myself and some of our uh, coaches at our high school and Brian with his uh, employees at Sports Advantage as directors, you know, it was an unbelievable experience. I mean, just the goosebumps when we walked into there and just to think of all the, the great people. We have had Laura Phelps on, you know, the, the podcast or writing to see her name up on that record board. So let's talk about the man, Louis Simmons. I mean, you had the fortunate situation that you got to learn from him and obviously what he has done for the strength conditioning field and you know for this profession has been incredible and now so many coaches are using his methods and methodologies to uh, make sure that really help athletes at all different levels so talk about that experience and, and what Louis meant to you yes I'd love to so uh like I said my journey began meeting a man named Louis Simmons that no one ever heard of when I got to meet him, which was like 1994 um, out in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so when I was at Glen Mills, a, um, a uh, Bob Matlowski, who was one of the Powelton coaches and also Powelton himself, um, Coach Hill, oh. Coach Willie Croner. And uh, we just gathered in the weight room one day and they said, hey, you guys think you're interested in going to see this dude named Louis Simmons? And, Columbus, Ohio, he does box squats. They use chains, bands. I mean, they, they build monsters there or whatever. Now, at this time, I was not um, pervy to the Powelton world or, or really anything besides kind of reading some stuff. <clears throat> and I was nowhere near like some big monster guy. I mean, I was a, a dude out of college uh, that looked like a college linebacker, I guess you can say. And I lifted some weights. So um, we basically... Uh, all agree that we're going to go down and, and, and see what this guy, Louis Simmons has to say at the, um, at the, um, in Columbus, which would have been the Demers Road. Yep. The, the blacked out stripper looking joint on, <laughs> um, on uh, Demers Road. And uh, so we walk into this place, man. And uh, I mean, uh, Louis there, I mean, you know, Louis, if you ever got to meet Louie, he's, he's very quick cordially. It wasn't like he was going to really spend a lot of time with us. It was like, hey, how are you guys doing? You're from Glen Melvin? Yeah, Louie. Well, um, you guys sit over there, and I'm going to show you guys what to do about the conjugate method. We're doing a box squat today. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I see dudes coming out from – now, that place is only like 600 square feet. Yeah, it was like, I mean, it like was 800, like, right? Yeah, it was really yeah, small. Yeah, I mean, it was – I mean, it's paneling walls. It's 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 got a bench here, a bench there, a rack, a monolith reverse hyper gluten hand. and I mean you, we took uh, 14 guys with us so imagine those guys he had about 10 guys lifting the Vogelpool, Tate, Rob Fusner, Matt Demmel all those guys that were in this place I mean they come from the back it smelled awful in there with that blue ointment they would rub on and I was like what in the hell did I just get myself into because this looks like an insane asylum um, and all of a sudden Louis starts uh, explaining what they're going to be doing with the box squat and everything. I mean, uh, Amy, um, Amy Weisberg was in there. She was doing um, deadlifts using the jump stretch platform, yep. the bands over top. And um, we got into, uh, we got in, Louis somehow gravitated towards me because, like, I was like, he knew I was probably like that football guy. Like, I'm looking like I'm a badass. I could do this shit. And, you know, kind of like looking on, but I really was like more so. I mean, I was kind of scared. <laughs> I was kind of like, wow, these dudes is kind of crazy in here. Chuck's working up with this tremendous amount of weight. Um, Mike Ruggiero has like six plates on a reverse hyper, you know, and I'm, I never even seen that before, like a you no know, reverse hyper. So um, I got to witness some very extraordinary strength going off. Um, and right away, when I watched them box squat, I watched them doing the gluten hand, the reverse hypers, I knew right away that it was definitely something that would benefit sports. And again, I was I was just a, a young man of, of 26 years old breaking in this thing. And um, 
I could tell how this would relate to sports right away, coming off the box, coming off the box explosively. You know, they is, uh, back then it was more or less um, bands and chain. They yep. didn't really have the chain thing going back then. It was more or less the Dick Hartzell bands and all, um, and a lot of just straight weight because it came a little later, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I could see, you know, the deadlift, Amy was pulling on the deadlift, like just that ex everything was explosive. And um, and just the time that that man took with me when I was there, he stayed for a whole week. And um, the time that that man took with me explaining it in football sense about box squatting, he was talking about pin presses, everything um, over the time that I was there, it just made total sense that everything that Louie kind of talked about there was was geared towards sports and and really for football I took it like I was like this could really help football all this stuff and um I mean you can't deny how strong these guys were and there wasn't gear and all that stuff then in, in the Demers one I mean uh, you know Kenny Patterson's doing rolling rolling dumbbell extensions with like 120s man on, on the yeah. stability ball I mean uh, Chuck had Chuck had like some look like uh, some pampers on or something, maybe some thin briefs. And I mean, he was, you know, he's doing like six, seven plates for like his speed work on a box squat. So, I mean, you know, I was amazed at what I was at what I was seeing. And um, just right away, I knew this. Was, so I said, Lou, you mind if I stay a little longer? I guess my boss, if I could stay, I ended up staying out there for like a month. They let me have off work and, and I stayed out there for like a month. And learned all about uh, a little more of Westside. I got under the bar myself, and um, I fell in love with it. <clears throat> um, I got humble very quick. I mean, um, and that's where I got into discussion, which you all guys probably want to know about Olympic lifting with Louie. Yeah. And he said, what do you power clean all the time? I go, I go. Uh, I had to in college, but we don't at Glen Mills. How come? I go, I don't know. We just don't. He goes, you think it's, you know, you think it's, you think it's, uh, it helps you out. And I went, well, they say it does. He goes, who? All those recessed college strength coaches? And I went, <laughs> um, and I, again, I wasn't really in this field yet to know kind of like what he was referring to. And he goes, let me ask you something. <clears throat> if you could, if you could power clean 315, but I put you on that jump stretch thing over there with, with, with a girl, Amy Weisberger, do you think that 315 dude can pull that weight up? You know, I looked at him, I said, I don't know, Lou. He goes, how strong are you? And I said, I'm not that strong. I'm, I'm decently strong. He goes, and you play football. <laughs> and again, like I said, he would rip it. He would rip into me, man. Oh yeah. And, uh, every visit there. Um, he would get me about the football thing. Cause he really just thought football players weren't trained. He, it, it ate him up a lot. Right. Right. Um, yeah. About that. And um, so I go over to the platform and it was like, I think Amy might've had like two plates on there with many bands. I mean, that's like, uh, once I found out, I mean, that was like 450, like, 500 pounds at the top of tension dude i couldn't even get it off the platform to my ankles he went jesus christ you even lift weights <laughs> and um i said i said lou i said this is all new to me and whatever he goes well what about what about the power clean guy so louis explained to me when when i when and i tell everybody this he said you tell me a linebacker a lineman or a running back in their stance if they can pull this weight up off that ground very fast. How are they? How are they not as explosive as a guy that has to do a triple extension? Who's getting to the Who's getting to the point of attack quicker? And that stuck with me for the rest of my life right now. So when people argue the Olympic lift with me, I'll take deadlifts over it every day because it just made total sense to me and um, about what he was saying about the attack point return. And and hey, we all know that. You know how many of our high school kids are getting in that triple extension, man, and and be right. able to be effective. And um, you know that was that stuck with me. One thing from Westside that stuck with me was was Louis talking about the things that worked, how to be explosive, how to be strong, and how to be and and how to uh, prepare your athletes better. And um, you know, I left out of there. We went back to Glen Mills, and um, dude. The numbers were ridiculous. We got that we ended up ordering the change from Toppler Supply. Louis hooked us up with. Um, Louis actually sent us a reverse hyper. Um, we ended up getting the gluten ham. We ended up getting the bands from Dick Hartzell. Uh, we did it, we did everything we needed to do. And we put it to work. And 
I'm talking about numbers and attitude with board pressing, pen presses went through the roof. Kids were looking to like kill each other. They hit a PR. Yeah. And everything just changed from that point on. Um, I mean, the numbers were ridiculous. A mom McDonald, 800 pound squat, high school man, 750 dead. I mean, he was in the sixes before we started this big old 280 pound dude who went to Syracuse. I mean, um, we had a kid at 148 go 675, beat Ricky Dell Crane's all-time record. I mean, you're talking crazy, crazy stuff. And it was just because we implemented a program that was built around being explosive and challenging you every workout. And I think that, and it just, and then we went to football. The mo, I mean, listen, we, we had kids who, who just started playing football like for a month there. So it wasn't like a regular high school if you know Glenn Mills. Right. So when we went out to Berwick and like out to St. Ignatius, we kind of got our ass handed to us later on in the game because we just got outsmarted. Right. But as far as physical wise, wasn't even, I mean, I mean, you're talking, I mean, even, even when we got to play against um, LeVar Harrington and I mean, he was like, he He's was like, beat. that was the toughest oh my game we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, guys are just banging. I mean, LeVar was, a, was an absolute animal, but I mean, he just after the game was like, yo, these kids bang. And it's just that attitude and minute to uh, uh, mentality that we built in that weight room. And it all comes back to conjugate training. Um, and that's when um, I was basically 1000% sold on Louis Simmons and Westside. And uh, even that's how I met a, a bunch of guys too. I went out to a seminar. Out, I went to the seminar out in um, um, North Carolina. My, my grandparents were actually both dying at the time. That's where my, my mother was from, I'm from a military background. My dad was a drill sergeant, Camp Lejeune, 25 years. My mom's in Navy. So I come from a, that kind of background. So I took my mom out there and a couple of coaches were at this high school that I would go and talk to just to do something. It was in the middle of nowhere, just where my grandparents lived. And I went to the seminar for the, for the ACC. And that's where I met Batson, Mendoza, John Sisk, whatever. You know how I met him? A guy was talking about West Side. And I go, that's not West Side. <laughs> guy was giving a presentation from a high school. And I was there in my Chuck T's, red and white Chuck T's, a red and white West Side shirt. And they're like, how would you know? I go, I go, I go, I can show you. I can go up on that stage and show you that that's not West Side. They had the bands hooked up wrong. The guy was talking about chains. They were like this far off the ground. And the guy was talking about program. I go, not even close. And I was right. getting like heated, like offended by it. And they were just like, they're like, you're really upset. I go, I'm really upset. Um, I was like, this is, this is, you know, BS. And uh, Batson and uh, John Sis said, hey, you mind us picking your brain? And I said, sure. They go, come out to lunch with us. We go out to this little burger place, whatever. I'm doing box squats on benches, showing them. I'm talking <laughs> about accommodation. And I mean, they're like, this dude's crazy. They're like, you're like, damn, you're like West Side, like Louis Simmons yeah. right here. And so, uh, so, that, so that, that's kind of like, like when I hear you talk, you know, those are the things that like go th through my mind because like I feel – the conjugate method is the best way to train athletes, right? Um, you know, and, and from my perspective in, in the in the private sector, what we see is you have these places that are like, oh, well, we use this philosophy with this kid. We'll use this with this kid. We got seven different training methodologies. Like if you don't, one, like have a philosophy as a strength coach, like this is your philosophy. These are your, like your nuts and bolts on how you train kids. Um, you probably should go back a little bit to the drawing board because you have to have a sound foundation, but, you know, as we continue to, you know, open different locations, I, I love sitting down with parents. And when you start to just talk about the conjugate method, how you talk about the science and you talk about the math, right. It, it, it fits together, right. Yep. Percentages on, on dynamic days, why absolute strength is so important. Um, parents actually start to look at you and you're like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you're, you're trying to get stronger, you're trying to get faster. So maybe why do, you, why do you feel like the conjugate method is the best for athletes? Because you hear conjugate and you hear West side and you hear Louie. And it, that's kind of like that, that triangle of like, whoo, power lifter. Oh, I don't want to be big and bulky. But I mean, why do you feel like 
you know, the kinds you get method is, is the best for athletes because I mean, we're all doing it like, you know, and, and things like that. Uh, basically, um, I'm going to tell you, I wrote, I wrote a couple, I wrote a couple. Um, oh, he's prepared. I did. I wrote a couple <laughs> notes down here yes. actually, uh, <laughs> that were really good. And um, we're not like some of those other podcasts that we keep things nice and organized as we go. Yeah, I, I hear you. So I think that um, my con, I'm going to tell you, uh, I wrote down here one word, healthy. Yes. Okay. Uh, a two word injury free. Yeah. I'm 23 years there now, never an injury or a, gro or a groin or a hamstring pull in any football or athlete. Wow. Since I've been there, we train all year round. Kids have to train in season four days a week also with their sport football. We're four days a week in season also. Nice. Um, so I want to argue that all day also. Um, why I feel that <clears throat> the conjugate system is, is the best and it works is explosive strength challenges the athletes every day, whether you're on a max effort day or a dynamic day or doing GPP work, okay? It taxes you. I mean, look, we could take GPP work and, and, make, it, and make it kind of fun, but you're really working your ass off. You know, we, we, you know, we do a bunch of pushes with sleds or with the prowlers and doing things like that. It's like we ran five miles, you didn't even know it. Like when you put how much you taxed your body. Uh, but kids think it's fun because it's competitive. Um, also, another it built it. This builds a competitive atmosphere that I feel goes out onto the football field. I mean, for me, <clears throat> and probably for you, yourselves and uh, at your high school dean and you at the private sector, you get that one kid that you build that confidence in, and all of a sudden he's that kid that like like holy shit, like hey, Coach Depp, like what you do with Johnny, man? Like he might be a starting guard for us this year, and I'm like, dude, he's in there every day getting after it, and it just gave the kid confidence. He takes it out to the field like, hey, I'm benching 300 now, squatting this and that. I'm just as bad as you. You might have whooped my butt last year, but I went in the weight room this year. Yeah. And I think that – and for any sport, you know, volleyball, I mean, anything, the girls that train. And I get a lot of – I got a, a few of my volleyball girls on the Carlton team. <clears throat> and the coach will go, coach, what do you do with uh, – her, her name's um, – uh, I know her last name, McKee or something like that, her first name. What do you do? You know, what do you do with her? And I said, we just train. Yeah. We train. She's strong as hell. He goes, dude, she serves the ball like 80 miles an hour. Like, it's insane. Like, no one can even hit her. I want she's strong. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that simple. So I think um, I think um, the atmosphere is, and, I, and I'll go back to Louie. I believe in the conjugate system because I believe that everything that Louie did really in his mind he looked at it in a sports sense, you know. I want to say that Louie just put it in a different perspective for powerlifting, but it all comes back to sports. Like I said, you can't tell me the board press ain't for a lineman, okay, right. shot put, you know, uh, doing doing pen presses, all that. Kind of, I mean, there's just so many, there's just so many different exercises that, you know, that I feel he really thought about through. I mean, the guy loves sports. I mean, you know, he 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 just couldn't really get into it and buy into it because he knew these dudes weren't, you know, he couldn't understand why his power lifters were so strong and collegiate lifters couldn't even lift half the weight they were doing. Right. You know, and you know, hey, I know we're we're ball players for half the year. And like I, I did a little segment on my Instagram not too long ago, like my my softball girl, she's part-time power lifter, and she's her main thing is softball. So she'd probably be a hell of a lot stronger if she was all around power lifter because she has to take that time off for softball um you know so me and Louie would kind of butt heads on that a little bit on that on that aspect but I mean he he was just uh he wasn't wrong back and you're talking weight you're talking like I said when I was there people didn't even know Louis Simmons they had no idea what was going on so that goes back to what I was saying in, the, in that Clem Mills school when we were going to Powell meets and had a talk in the movie about when Westside showed up, Eddie Cohen said, you knew like the records are going to fall and people were going, that was Glenn Mills when we showed up. I mean, we showed up with like 50, 60 kids off a bus with like 15 or 16 strength coaches, powerlifting coaches. And people are like, what? Opening attempt, 148, 405, kids doing 185 from another high school. <laughs> and I mean, it was just so far ahead of the game 
that, um, you know, and, and it's still, and so I brought that to Glen, I, mean, I brought that to Donovan Catholic and the same thing, boom, records, Powerlifting state championships. I got one national championship, I mean, at a little private school in Tom's River. I mean, with, I, you know, we started getting a little bit more athletes over the last five to six years with some of the coaches we brought in. But you're talking about, I was doing this with kids who were just, they were down at the beach surfing, man. And you're like, that kid's doing like a 300 pound squat at like 114. Yeah. How do you do that? We train. It's just the way that we, it's the way that we train. So uh, a quick story is we just had a kid leave our school a little disgruntled and he went to our rival well, they're not where a rival, they're a private school. I mean, a public school. And um, they're in our same town. We beat them three years. They beat us one year where they won the States last year. So this kid's going there. They maxed out squat bench and deadlift. He crushed everyone. He's a sophomore, crushed everyone. They got three kids going D1. He's benched 315, squatted five and deadlift like 550, crushed everyone. Coach goes, holy shit, kid. He goes, I guess that Deppin guy over there, that shit does work. And the kid's <laughs> like, oh, like, Depp is passionate about this. But, I mean, that was like, it was it was just, I hate to see the kid leave, and I right. kind of know why he left, but, you know, like, he was also one of my lifters. But, like, it was just, like, another result. Like, you can't argue it. You can't lie. I mean, right. here goes a kid that went to another school and, and went there on his first week and maxed out and, and beat everybody on the team. So, um, so my, my thing to con with conjugate, I think with parent on a parent's perspective is, is that I make sure everyone is, is safe. I make sure everyone's technique is point on yep. and you're not going to progress unless you do do these things. And I, and my other thing is that you're just going to see a drastic change in your kids on the, on the field of play, probably their attitude, probably their, their habits at home. Everything's just probably going to change. Um, maybe you need eating thing. That's probably the hardest thing probably for you guys too. It is for me. Um, but, you know, maybe that'll even, that'll even change too. So I just think that, you know, listen, I do conjugate where I'm at because that's what I know and practice, what I preach. I'm engulfed in it. I have been for 30, 30, 33 years now. I've been engulfed in this thing. I've lived it and breathed it. I've been at Westside 150 times, learned firsthand. Every time I went was for two weeks, for 24 years. I went two weeks at a time and hung out with Louie, stayed at his house, uh, ate breakfast with him, dinner, everything, picked his brain every time. And this is what I know and what I believe in, like what you were saying, uh, what you were saying, uh, saying, Coach Brian, was this, you, you can't be all over the place in this field. Or, you know, or people are going to call you out on it. That's the bottom line. You know, when you come visit me, you're going to say, like, Sherrod and all those guys that did a seminar, some guys who come and they're like, damn, this dude, this dude does, he's straight conjugate. This whole weight room is, looks like West Side. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you'll be exposed um, if, you, if you don't really put your money where your mouth is and practice what you preach. And uh, I feel that way for, you know, my job at my high school is to prepare athletes and to win games. And that's, that's the, you know, the best that we can at the best of our ability. Listen, we all know that some schools are just like college, some big high schools get the athlete, might be able to recruit better than the next guy and, and get some crazy athletes, whatever. But as far as people know what you're working with and you're competitive, that's kind of, that's kind of the answer that, um, that I think that parents and everyone's looking for. Um, and I guess that's just my big thing at the high at the high school level is, you know, you brought up about coaches and this and that is, you know, um, I'm sure we could talk about, but that um, that's kind of how I sound to critics is uh, I'm passionate. I'm sure you can hear that in my voice. I, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I, I, I want the kids to do well. Um, and, and there's no other way. Like I, I will tell you right now, and I've said this, if my AD came in tomorrow and said we got to start incorporating Olympic lifts and change this up a little bit, he's getting my resignation, and I'll move on and figure out my life from there. But there's this. There's someone even asked me, "Hey, Depp, if you go to the NFL, would you or would you? You know, what if you went to a place and they just did all hammer strength and you just had to babysit and make five hundred grand?" I said, "I couldn't do it." Right. Old Eagles guy was that guy. I went to an Eagles thing back 
back in the day. And I was, uh, I, I, when Reggie White was there, and I couldn't believe the shit they did. I couldn't even, I couldn't remember. I was still about five years in this field. And I was like, what is going on here? This guy's a babysitter. Right. They were doing hammer strength and ellipticals and, and that was it. And I was like, and someone was like, well, he's making like three, 400 grand. I go, I, don't, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I just couldn't yeah. do it. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it, with the, uh, with the high school stuff. That's um, good. Well, coach, yeah, know. let's talk about the high school, you know, and you know, how do you make it efficient for kids? You know, you rotate exercises, you're rotating movements, you know, for that person that didn't have that opportunity that you had to learn under Louie and actually train and do those type of movements, what suggestions or advice would you give to those coaches besides just reading all of the books, you know, the West side books and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause we know it's totally different reading the book and yeah. being able to run a conjugate system. So can you kind of explain if somebody walked into your weight room at your high school, what it would look at and maybe just a simplified version of what it would look like. I think somebody, so many people think, oh, this is way too advanced. And, and if I don't have that experience that coach Depp does, I don't feel comfortable running that in my weight room. So how can you get somebody, because we know the importance of it, we got knowledge of it, but how do you get that person to, to understand it and to implement it in their high school? I would say, uh, first off is again, you know, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt not to read, uh, all the, all the conjugate material out there. Um, try to network with some people that are conjugate. So you kind of understand a little bit, um, to, um, understand a little bit, the videos, um, YouTubes and things like that. So you get a, a hand on it, but where I tell people, and I'm glad you said, if you came into my place, you may see a girl who's a freshman and, and on a team or in my class using a fat belt in box squatting with, not with a bar on her back. So people go, wait a minute. I thought you had to do, I thought you had to have this bar, this yoke bar on, whatever. Hmm. There's, there's more than one way to skin a cat to learn conjugate West side philosophies or whatever until you progress into using different bars during, during the, during a true, I guess you can say, uh, conjugate program. Um, I'm not a, a trap bar pulling off the, pulling off the rack. Um, so to answer the question the best I can, let's say I got a, I got a 15 kids that are in that you come and visit and I got 15 kids that are just beginning to lift. I'm going to, like, I just told you, if I want them to box squat that day, they may, they may hold a, a, uh, kettlebell or a fat bell. And, and learn how to box squat properly onto yep. a box. Um, they may also learn how to deadlift from a certain pin number. If I want them to deadlift also, so we're doing like a lower body day. I don't want them to uh, learn how to deadlift and get in position, either with a, a higher trap bar, like the road trap bars, or you can kind of flip those around, if you know what I mean, like yep. one lower, kind of higher, so they're not crunched <clears throat> down like this their first time. Um, pulling off pins, okay, on the gluten ham, uh, teaching them on a gluten ham. They're all scared. I'm sure you guys deal with it. Oh my God, I'm gonna fall out of this thing yeah. or whatever. And people get whatever. I usually I usually get there and I usually hold them up and we slowly go through the process of what the gluten ham is. If the gluten ham is too much right now, I, I go back to I got I got a um the legend stand up leg curl. Okay, build their hamstrings up more. The leg curls with the bands to build their uh, hamstrings up more because they're just not ready to go on to the gluten ham, bench pressing, learning through dumbbells, different ways, palms out, palms in. Um, I also have the big Donabody uh, press machine um, so they can learn learn things. Speed, speed work on light lighter bars. I think speed work is important. You know, a lot of people got away from that, um, just, to, just to throw that in there. I think speed benching, the dynamic day, is always still a staple with me. Dave Tate actually asked me this not too long ago. Because if people started feeling like it was a listen, the reason why people don't want to do speed, it's ego lifting. Right. Okay? We all we, I get kids all the time. Depp, I, I got 35 on each side. Well, I got the fortunate thing of having tendo units. So I go, you're going fast. Hold on a minute. I'll be right back. Hook that bad boy up. And I go 5.5. Awful. Let's get a little faster now. And then we'll right. talk. Um, so 
went off tangent there a little bit, but uh, so there's more, there's, there's ways to do West side program. I call it like beginners that would make people feel a lot more at ease. And then next thing you know, you come and visit me six months from now and you see the girl, the guy, whatever was in that class. Now they got either a bar, a, a yoke bar on her back, a cambered bar. And you're like, wow, progression. And that now if you uh, um, doing a regular deadlift um, off the floor, maybe right now you're able to do a gluten hand. Reverse hypers, maybe no weight on it at first. So they can learn the movement. Because I mean, that's the biggest uh, frustrating thing for me is probably reverse hyper, swinging it up, going halfway, not looking up while they're doing. So usually I try to teach kids on how to do it, um, you know, without anything on it properly with the strap, you know, just me with the strap around their ankles, no strap around their ankles. Um, learning how to uh, learning how to do pen presses, board presses, using this light bar for the technique, no weight on it, just learning how to get to the board, dig into the board, get out. So basically, um, no one goes into a full-fledged um, conjugate West Side program. I have beginner, novice, varsity, and advanced. That's how my program is set up, and that's how everybody's packaged and everything is for class, lifting uh, the lifting teams, and after school. Um, and that's how my program is kind of set up to learn first. Um, the old phrase about, you know, crawl, walk, and run, that's basically West Side because um, – I know you guys probably see it. I mean, I know I know the kids will send me a video of a kid like doing a box. Yo, Depp, uh, Central High School does box watch. You see this kid, he did 315. He hits the box at 1,000 miles an hour. Right. His feet come off the ground. It looks like his spine went in through his throat and he comes up or whatever. And the whole, everyone's laughing and cheering. And I look at the kid and I go, please just take your phone away and never yeah. ever show me anything. Don't watch like that again. again. Um, so... I think that people, like you said, Dean, get caught up in like, uh, well, it's got to be this and that because I watched this video. You got a guy snorting pneumonia, getting all crazy under the bar. Listen, they're not open-minded and they don't want to learn. Um, the, uh, you know, like the guy I hired with me uh, that came in from Michigan that I got to hire who actually followed me throughout my shop putter's life um, at the school is how he kind of knew me. And it's ironic that he's now here working with me. He was just amazed, like you're saying, when he came in to go, oh, I thought everyone would just be like gung-ho West Side in here. But I mean, Depp's got kids on belt squats. Depp's got the, you know, kids that's using, a, you know, medicine balls and, and stuff like doing box squats. He's teaching kids how to squat by, you know, holding a medicine ball above their head. So, I mean, um, you know, I think, um, like you're saying, I think a lot of people perceive the conjugate whatever is what i just said that you go in it looks like how people have been putting out those planet fitnesses on january 1st yep. people are jumping around off the bars and i think that people perceive like yeah my kids aren't doing that that's dangerous or whatever or my kids aren't and again it's closed-minded and um you know um well it's kind of like I the society we live in right up it's like everybody <laughs> you know nobody wants to delayed gratification right? Of like learning and doing it right. And you guys both, I mean, I know Dean's perspective, what they do at Kimberly, uh, you know, from a teaching standpoint, you know, down at the middle school, all the way up, you know, and same with us, like as we open new facilities, you know, I tell parents, Hey, if you're 11, 12, or if you're 17, like the first two or three weeks, you're going to do the most basic version of every exercise. So we know exactly that, you know, that we're, you're, learning it our way, you know what I mean? And learning it the right way. So, you know, whether it's a dumbbell box squat, whether it's a body weight box squat, you know, just because, you know, let's be realistic. The majority of high schools out there in their free squatting, they aren't going to, to, to enough depth. So teaching an athlete what true depth is or what not bouncing a bar off your chest is or dumbbells um, is so important. You know, and so that kind of gets depth into my next question, like multi-sports too, right? Your kids yeah. do a multi-sport. Like, how do you go about managing? I know you kind of touched on it, that the kids live four days a week year round, right? I mean, which, yeah. you know, I really like from a high school standpoint, but I also know it's hard to manage. So how do you, you know, how do you feel like to manage that with a conjugate method? And why, you, I mean, I, we all agree. I think the conjugate method is the best for that because, you're, you're still maintaining and, and developing absolute strength through the season. And I know at Wisconsin, that was something that really, and, and I get kids 
that come from Wisconsin that train with us, you know, for pro days or whatever. And they still talk about, Hey, you know, you were the guy that trained the O-line in 2010, 11 and 12, and guys were getting stronger during the season. But yeah. Because the focus was absolute strength, but also you're not killing them with volume. You know what I mean? So why do you think the conjugate method is best in season with kids and, and kids play multiple sports? I think it's in, uh, I'll go back to injury, no injuries. Oh, I think right. it's preventative injury. I think it keeps you very healthy. I think it's, uh, it's a very, it's very cut and dry about, um, you know, what you're going to be uh, capable of doing you, what is expected of you for the end season multi-sport guy. And, um, you know, one thing I want, I wanted to hit on, I didn't want to, because we went back to the, uh, this real quick was the, um, was the powerful aspect of things like Dean was saying like, Oh, well, you know, Depp knows what he's doing, but he's this powerlifting guy, whatever. Listen, we're all here to strength train. Powerlifting, you know what we're doing? We're going to go max out on the bench, squat, and deadlift. But we're strength training just like you are. It's just that these eight or nine people are going to go and do a powerlifting meet. So there's no, there's, we're not doing anything different than what you're doing unless I wrap some knees up on one of my kids or something like that or put some knee sleeves on, which I, I can do for all my kids. But I think that um, the um, – the success with the multi-sport in season is a uh, big Brian is I'm 365, 24, seven, you ain't ducking me. Right. So you're going to be always training, whether it's out of season in season and in the summer, I'm there, I'm there, I'm employed all year long. Um, me and my assistant. So I think that that's a big part of the success of the multi-sport, because if you're going to be on the lacrosse team as a football player, you better get in with your lacrosse team with that, or you better be in the class or you know what? find another sport to play the next year. And that's how we work it there. So if you want to do multiple sports there, you got to find a way to be in my class or find a way to lift. So we have an open time from four or 4.45 to 5.30 in my place. So you get done your sport, you could go in and see, you can go in and, and, and train with me at, after that time. Like wrestling right now, I got like the wrestlers come in at five o'clock because they go off campus to a place and they still come back at five o'clock and they got to train. And uh, so those, those people are on, like I said, I'm lucky to have those people kind of on board with me that know like, you know, about the, um, the importance of training in season. So you do keep strong. And, and I'm, I'm going to go on Brian's thing here about what he said about back in the day in Wisconsin, guys being strong in season and all, you know, um, this is what was, this is what this is. I did an article on this for, for a magazine. I can't think of the magazine. It was local here years ago. And here it is. You ready? It's going to hit hit you right in the face. All these football coaches want you to train your ass off in the offseason. They want you to condition. They want to send you packets. They want you to do all this kind of stuff, right? They want you to change up. They even send you eating stuff or they send you a program. Like instead of eating McDonald's, eat a turkey sandwich, do all this stuff, right? So we get into August and we max out. We do a run. We do our 40. We might run a model, see your time. You do a, a max down on the bench to squat, power clean, deadlift, whatever it may be. August 15th, boom, we don't do anything anymore. Right. We don't do nothing. We don't lift. We don't worry about you can eat and be a, a, a big fat bastard now. You can go to McDonald's every day, get milkshakes and cheeseburgers. We don't condition after practice or do anything. We just run plays and we run you into the dirt playing football. We don't never lift or whatever. Okay. We got that, right? We're done the season. January 1st, coach brings everybody back in. We got to get better for next year. We got to we got to get in the weight room. We got to eat good, whatever. To do what? The same weight all over again? Right. Try to get the same 275-pound bench. Uh, now you got to lose weight, some of the kids, because they end up just doing what they wanted because there was no discipline. Or you got the kid who still isn't getting any better, who's the hard gainer, because he wasn't made to do anything on the end season. It's it's mind boggling. I did an article. I, I did. An, I got a million replies on this. I was like, yo, this dude is dead on. And it's mind boggling to me that people we do my football and every, like when Jules, the, the, you know, I, I, I cater towards football, like probably maybe we all do. But I'll talk about the pop, the, the pilot and softball girl, Jules. She's going to be training the same way all through her softball season. Right. We're going to be doing chains, bands, board pressing, everything. Just a little bit less volume and everything but we're still going to be training the same exact way and why she's 65 and one as a pitcher and the number three pitcher in the entire nation because she's healthy and she's strong and that is the bottom line she's talented no doubt 
one a little bit talent because she was a very unorthodox, very um, I want to say um, uncoordinated person who came to me as a freshman. Um, so dramatic change to come like she's about to go to a powerful meet in two weeks. She's looking to squat three, bench one eighty five, and pull three fifty. She's wow. one hundred fifty three pounds. Okay. That'll be it for her. We shut her down because softball will be around the corner in March the 1st. Um, but she'll still train off of those numbers that she did. She'll still train in season. Um, and now I got all the softball girls. So it's kind of like, Coach, what you asked me about, the, all these people. So the softball coach was totally against me. All Her her sister, Maddie, was my first softball powerlifter. And right away, oh, I don't want you doing that. It's going to hurt your shoulders, your rotator cuffs, the whole nine. This girl, Maddie, her sister, goes out, starts as a freshman, hits, throws, whatever. Coach is like, what the hell? Whatever. Well, here comes Jules, comes along, comes out. She joins the powerlifting team. All of a sudden, she's throwing like 48. Now she's throwing like 58, 60. What is this girl doing? What are you doing? I joined the powerlifting team, whatever. I'm getting strong. Uh, I don't know, Jules. Boom. Next thing you know. Boom, shut out, shut out, shut out, shut out. Boom, all this kind of stuff. This year, I got uh, right now 10 softball girls on the Powerlifting team. It, so, again, I always say to you, this results. Right. She got. She calls me up after the season, Depp, I want all my girls lifting with you on that Powerlifting team or strength training, whatever. Now, remember what I said. Everyone always says powerlifting, like, like you said, Dean. Right. It's not powerlifting. I have my little team, but we're strength training. And that's where all the that's where all the other coaches that you know, like basketball guy, he's kind of a standoffish guy, you know. But I don't chase anybody. I don't really care. They're zero and nine right now. I'm gonna leave it at that. The, the basketball team's zero and nine. Girls basketball team, they got three girls that are phenomenal, one thousand point score. They trained with me in my class last year and all summer long. They're doing very fine. So again, I go, wow, Gabby Ross is doing pretty good, right, coach? To the basketball guy, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. Um, so, um, so I, I just think that, um, you know, I think my class is a huge success in, in, in the, in the, in the, in the multi-sport people, like I said, because they have that opportunity to go do other sports, but also still train. So I think that's a plus in the school big time is, um, which nobody really in New Jersey offers what we do, um, as far as the class where you're, and we're 75 minutes before flex go. So I get right. 75 minutes with the class, which is pretty cool. You know, 10 minutes to train and we're out doing a little warm up and getting to our workouts. And as you know, I mean, you make conjugate simple to uh, coaches, what I think is a big selling point. I mean, I put a, a cap on it, 35 minutes for speed day, maybe 40 if we're doing some uh, some rotation or some uh, trunk work or whatever. And 55 minutes on our max effort day. I mean, and when these college coaches go, oh, we couldn't do that. Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you do it? How can I do it in my setting? But you can't do it. And sometimes you guys got like eight kids in the weight room right. because you're allowed to do it all day long. You know, so don't when I have buddies in the strength. I'm like, don't I went to my buddy, a couple of buddies that are strength coaches in college. And they're like, yeah, you just can't do that shit here, man. Holding boards for each other. But I, I go, come on, man. You're making excuses now. Right. I mean, again, I would go. I, I mean, I, I lost friends over it. I lost friends over it. Like, I'm like, dude, you're full of shit. Like, that's why you suck. And you've been at 15 jobs now. Right. All right. Because you, you're all over the joint. You're all over the place. You're not having your kids believe in one thing. You're all over the place. TikTok, uh, this guy, this influencer, this, this and that. I mean, I don't know if you, uh, the craziest thing I think I've seen somebody do, and you guys have to see, because I'm sure you follow the private sector people. Some dude actually had water bottles like Buzz Lightyear having kids learn balance running. You know what I'm talking about? And the water yeah. ships and the thing, dude. Yeah. I'm glad he. I, I I could. I had to even. I had to go on this guy's Instagram and go, dude. Just explain to me what you're doing. Right. Like, I need to know what in the hell that is. But here we go. Hey, Depp. Do you think we can get some of those water bottle things? Like, my, I went to this trainer. And I'm like, dude. The social media is like out of my class. Yeah. Now. Like, it's it's just it's crushing. Oh. Yeah. So, well, Coach Depp. Yes. I know you talk forever on this and your passion for, you know, helping kids get stronger and making them better athletes and everything is, is contagious. Cause like we could be going on and on and on, but let's mirror this down to, you know, obviously the podcast is called get your edge. So yes. all the listeners out there want to know coach Depp, give us your, get your edge advice. 
What would it be? My advice is to, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a first thing is because you guys are the private sector and I got to follow, I got to follow Brian, you know, for Brian's part. And um, he does a phenomenal job. You got to research where you're going. You got to make sure that people are who they say they are and they're doing what they say they're doing. Check out the qualifications, check out the programming, the work, the results. I mean, because there's just so much cookie cutter BS out there that, you know, parents will believe anything if someone's as nice to little Johnny or little Sally, all right? It's not about being nice, it's about, it's about results. And hopefully in the long run, a place like such as Brian's, the athlete excels and maybe gets a scholarship, you got your, you got your money's worth times 10. Um, I just think that is my, my one advice for people who are looking for the private sector stuff. And someone who's willing to, like, if you're a kid who wants to go to Brian and do something different, whatever, and, and try to see like, and, and research it if your coach or whatever will actually work with Brian about, uh, about that. Like I have a couple of guys who talk to me, the kids go up there and do O-line and D-line drills. They don't do any lifting because they already lifted with me. They right. go there and do like some GPP work. This one guy runs yeah. through these O-line drills, whatever, you know, um, that that's fine. Um, th th I think that um, there's a misperception in, in that field and that we got Zach Evenash down here. He talked with coaches where he trains guys. I mean, um, he's good at what he does. It's just all, listen, we're all on this for one common thing. That's, that's the kid. Right. And um, you, you got to be on the same page together, you know. And as far as the guys like ourselves, my advice is to network with people who are similar, what, who you are and what you believe in, and stick with those people. And, um, I mean, just to, to be arrogant and have this ego is, uh, you know, it really makes you look like an asshole, to tell you yeah. the truth. Um, you know, like I had a guy here, Joe McCullough, if you know, down here, world-class powerlifter, trained um, Quentin Nelson and a whole bunch of NFL guys. And, um, you know, for years, he's actually a powerlifter strength coach like myself. And for years, we had this little animosity because he coached at a rival uh, private school. And he beat me like three or four times. I beat him one. And, you know, but after the game, man, one of these games, we shook hands and go, man, I respect the shit out of you. And we hugged and whatever. We're like best friends now. We talk. We're going to team up and take our kids to this big pal to meet in Scranton, PA. I mean, we just squashed it. It was like, dude, we're like of the same thread. And here we are like, you might be at a different school, but hey, the best man wins. You right. you got your philosophy and how you train. I had mine. And I mean, you know, little did I know the guy was praising me to like his players. Like, yo, you better be ready. This dude got some strong cats. He trains people. He trains, he trains, he does his yep. West Side stuff. And, um, you know, I was like, wow, I never really knew that. So I think networking is big for me. You know, I, I still network with a lot of people. I'm willing to learn and open and open my eyes and ears to hear what people have to say. Um, I think that's a that's a big thing. And uh, practice and this to practice what you preach. I always keep saying that and believe in what you want to do and stick to that. And don't let someone steer you away from that. Like I said, it hasn't always been, you know, roses here for me. I mean, I've, I've been almost fired for people trying to come for and gun for me. I've had to, you know, I've had a lot of stress and, uh, but I stuck it out for what I believed in. And, and, and again, now here I am in my own 10,000 square foot brand new facility that I would have, you know, never thought was possible, but it, it happened um, all because I, I, I was passionate about what I believed in. Um, I think, listen, there's yeah. other programs out there, man. I know it. There's people that do this and do that. There's powerlifters that don't do West Side who are strong as shit. There's, you know, the, but you know what? They believe in what they're doing. Right. It works for them because that's what they do. And, you know, and I'm never going to like knock anybody and knock anybody for that. But listen, when you're the, when you're the high school guy taking, taking Georgia's program up after they win the national championship Monday night and going, we're doing this. You're, you're a clown. I don't yeah. give a shit what you try to say. You're a clown. You're talking about a program that, or is built with phenomenal five-star athletes, okay? And you're at some little high school with, and you won two games in the last five years. Now all of a sudden you're going to do the Georgia program that they do. Well, okay. and, and and two years ago they were doing the Alabama program, and three yeah, years ago yeah. they were doing Clemson program and stuff like that. Depp, man, this yeah. has been awesome. You know, we really appreciate you hopping on um, and and whatnot. And and I think you know just to close here, I'm going to close this up here. I think the most important thing as a coach, you got to be authentic. You got to be who you are and be who you believe in. And like you said, um, you know, some people, you know, 
love what we do and, and the things like that. And I think when it, it makes it really easy to coach when you're passionate about the systems that you lead and believe in things like that. So Depp, we appreciate you hopping on Dino great stuff here today. Um, and we will see everybody next time. Chop it.